Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneur Center in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I'm Karen Nowicki. I am the owner of Phoenix Business Radio. Plug it in today from my home office because I'm in quarantine. <laughs> so I'm very sad to not be there in person with my buddy, Brad Taylor, whose office is right across the hall from the studio. And welcome to the studio, Brad. He is with Comparing Insurance and he is a lead insurance agent, as well as I believe, a founder of Lily's Pad. So welcome to the studio. Oh, we've seen people over here and uh, thought, eh, what a, what a cool space. So thanks. I, th- sure. I think we first met on Facebook or LinkedIn. We You're did. like, hey, yep. I know you. You're Facebook. in our space. Like, hey, I see you every day <laughs> walking by. How are I, you? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got to connect a little further at a Tempe Chamber uh, mixer at the Vibe recently. And if I'm not mistaken, you've been a longtime Chamber member. That's correct. Yeah. So my previous career, I, I worked with my parents. They had owned a, a catering and event planning company called Special Moments Catering. We were members of the chamber, I think in 86 or 87 is when they started. So we continued that. And then when I when I changed careers, um, I immediately joined the chamber and have been a member ever since. Excellent. And what is one of your favorite things about the chamber? What does it, what does it do for you? So I kind of grew up in the chamber. I mean, I, I was first going to chamber mixers when I was 18, 19 years old in college. And there were a lot of people that that really kind of um, guided me along the way, and and there's a real good sense of community in Tempe. Tempe is a a big city with a small town feel, and uh, I, I love the chambers kind of at the center of that, in my opinion. I love it, and to have have grown up in a chamber and in a business, uh, in a family that owns a business, you don't know anything different, right? It's, no. it's all you know. It is all yeah. you know, and you meet some incredible people and. I mean, some of the people that I have known for, gosh, over 25 years are still in the chamber now. Um, and it's amazing to kind of to to run into them at different stages of your life and different stages of your career. And the chambers, you know, walked alongside of me through some tragedy and through some incredible stuff, too. So yeah. um, it's been... And we're going to talk a little bit about some sure. of that today. I'm sure we'll have time for that. Okay. Uh, before yeah. we do that, though, talk a little bit about comparing insurance and your role was or is still Liberty sure. Mutual? Explain all that. It's brand us. new. So this is this is perfect. It's brand new. Um, so Liberty Mutual has always had direct agency. Uh, you know, so if you were someone that wanted to go to the the website and deal directly with the website, you could. But if you wanted an actual contact here locally in Arizona or locally in your city, you know, you could go to an agent like ours and then, and then meet them, similar like you would with another company. Liberty then decided that they they offered this choice platform is what they called it in the beginning. And what that meant was that maybe Liberty wasn't competitive in all situations. So they still wanted you to be able to deal with an agent direct and have a personal point of contact. But maybe you were dealing with your homeowners through Liberty, but then you had your auto through one of our, our partner carriers. So after a while, it's been about five, seven years now that they've been doing this. And that's actually how I got involved with Liberty as a customer first. Then they decided, okay, we're going to take these agents uh, that are already used to writing 25, 26 different carriers, and we're going to break them off into their own company called Comparion. And then they're going to offer uh, uh, the ability to have Safeco, which is uh, Liberty Mutual's partner uh, carrier, in addition to Liberty Mutual. So we are the only agency that has both of those carriers on our panel. Uh, Usually you have to choose one or the other. So um, I worked with Liberty. I started in 2020, and then I moved over to Comparion in June of this year, as that's when we launched in Arizona. And then I opened my own private office in September uh, here at Max Six. Wow! Why? Why this company? And why? Why insurance for you? <laughs> sure. Well, 
So the, the, the tough part about the insurance, the, my why, the, the main reason why is, so my daughter went through, and we'll talk more about this later, I'm sure, but my daughter went through some pretty heavy medical treatment. I had to deal with insurance companies every single day, literally on the phone for hours with insurance companies trying to figure out what was covered and what wasn't covered. And I never had someone I could call. It was a 1-800 number where I had to go through the phone tree and spend a good 45 minutes just to get to somebody that had any idea about what they were talking about or, or where's the right division or the right person to talk to. And it was usually the same thing over and over and over again, meaning it was the same thing that I had to get covered. And so I kind of had a routine already down where I would just kind of go up the phone tree, tell them like, hey, okay, on page 10... Article six, this is what, what I'm looking So I need you. I don't need you. I need someone in this department. And I got to the point where I was like, this is insane. I, I really wish that they had some, some access to somebody. And so that's what I, when, when I decided to change careers, I thought, man, I really would like to be a, a, an influence or, or, or at least influence the way that business is done in, in this particular type. And I'd like someone to have someone to call and then someone to pick up their phone. Yeah. So that's, that's why I switched over to the insurance business is, is I wanted to be able to offer some of the services that I, I didn't get. Uh, especially during some of the worst times that I had dealt with. So why Liberty? I'll tell you why Liberty. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, specifically. You said you were a, a customer, yeah, a client before that. Many years. So Liberty was our, our you know, commercial provider for our business for many years. And then I met a gentleman named Mike Cossey. He still works at Liberty Mutual actually now in Comparion. And he was my agent for six, seven years. And I met him in the Tempe Chamber of Commerce. He became my insurance agent. We became friends. And then when uh, he found out that we were going to be selling our business, I was in a networking group with him and he came over to me and said, hey, what are you going to be doing after after this? And I said, I'm not sure. He said, you need to come do this. So that was that. <laughs> it was a pretty, very, it was a very simple transition. The day I turned in the keys to Special Moments Catering was the day I uh, accepted my offer letter uh, from Liberty Mutual and then I began on Monday. <laughs> Whoop, here we go. Here transition. we go. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. most people would have taken a week or two off. I, um, I just kind of had the opportunity to get going and, and we were in the throes of the pandemic at the time and no one knew what was going to happen. And so I thought, right. well, I might as well take this opportunity now and jump on it. And so here I am now today, a couple of years later, uh, in my own space with an assistant and, and, and thriving. Yeah. Wow. And are you an ASU grad as well? I think. Uh, yes, I am. I have a degree in finance. I graduated from ASU. I uh, I did five years at ASU. I had switched my major. I was going to be a psychology major of all things, and then uh, decided to go back into finance uh, after a couple of years. So it took me a little longer. But yeah, I graduated from Dobson High School. Uh, I'm, I'm born and raised Arizona, so I uh, I stayed here. I never left. And um, yeah, so ASU grad. Go double. Yeah, Tempe. Uh, I'm a Tempe. Not born and raised, came here in 79, uh, getting ready to start high school. And I'm a McClintock grad. Okay. So there's, a, yeah, got a, got a long time allegiance for Tempe and the East Valley as well. Uh, just absolutely love it here. Same. Um, let's talk about Lily's Pad and okay. let's go back to the backstory. Well, sure. introduce Lily's Pad first and then okay. let's talk about your daughter and let's talk about that part of the journey as well. Sure. So Lily's Pad, um, is it's brand new. We, we are actually been working on that project for a couple of years now. It is a hyper-clean indoor play space and recovery center for children that are fighting life-threatening illness. So cancer is, is, was the main, you know, that was the main trigger for this whole process and this whole concept. However, there are many other places or many other diseases that put children in what's called an immune-compromised state. Uh, and that mm -hmm. means that they have no immunity. They can't leave the home. Uh, I think we all kind of, you know, had an experience with that, you know, obviously during the pandemic. But this was my life pre 
the pandemic, actually. So my daughter was diagnosed in 2017, uh, December the 19th to be exact, right before Christmas. She was mm-hmm. diagnosed with uh, leukemia. And uh, we went into the hospital on December the 19th and we didn't leave for over a month and a half. Wow. Uh, we celebrated a Christmas there. She was three, three years old at the time. We thought she had an ear infection. So we went in for typical antibiotics. And then uh, that morning we were undergoing surgery uh, to begin the pediatric leukemia uh, cancer treatment. So you want to talk about your entire life coming off its rails in a matter of about six hours. Um, it was tough. It was really, really tough. And it was, um, that had actually been one of the, the best years of my wife and our life. We just purchased a new home in June. Uh, we had uh, just celebrated the largest business year uh, that we had ever had with the catering business. Um, so things were, were going uh, extremely well, and then they weren't in a matter of about six hours. So we spent three years of our life um, fighting cancer, and um, my daughter made a full recovery, and we're very blessed for that. Uh, but through that process, we started recognizing that our daughter's vocabulary was changing dramatically because the only people she had exposure to were doctors and nurses and ourselves. Right. So uh, things that she wanted to do, like go to parks and go to libraries, they were all off limits. You know, her, her childhood went from a nimble, uh, you know, typical childhood to someone that was locked in confinement and daily would report to and from the hospital for painful treatment that would make her sick. And, um, and she couldn't do anything else. So I, I took on the majority of the role of caregiver. My wife, of course, was very active with it too. But during the day, because I was a business owner with my parents, I was able to kind of step away uh, for a couple hours and, and my mom and I would switch roles. Uh, so I would go take her to the hospital in the mornings and then my mom would come pick her up in the afternoon and then I would go into work. So we did that for a couple of years. But during that process, it was like, you know, what do you do with this kid? You know, eventually, she's, yeah. she's, you can't watch any more YouTube videos. You've played all the board games. You've done everything you can. Like, there's nowhere to go. I remember I, I went into my doctor and I said, she's been neutropenic, which is another word for um, immune compromise. She's been neutropenic for months now and she's, she's, she's climbing the walls. She, she won't take her medicine anymore without a big fight is there something we can do for her? You know, and she said, yeah, go ahead and take her on a drive. That, that's, that's probably the best you can do because you can keep her in confinement and you guys can kind of go see some stuff. So, okay. So we finished treatment um, and we went out for a drive and we passed by a brand new playground that had no children on it. It was a Wednesday. There was nowhere else to go. And my daughter begged me to stop the car and get out so that we could play. And she pretty much had every excuse covered that I have. You know, there's, there's people on the playground. You can't be exposed to those people. There wasn't anybody. You know, the playground's old and dirty, so you can't go on there. Well, the playground was brand new. They just finished it. So I, I had no more excuses at that point. She got furious. She started throwing shoes at me from the back, back seat. She, she actually yeah. cried herself to sleep, which I was so grateful for because uh, I hadn't slept in days. So I brought her home, laid her on the couch, and then just was very angry, actually, very angry with our situation that my daughter, at the time, we weren't sure my daughter was going to make it. So I was like, you know, this is pretty tough that this kid's going to spend the last couple of years of her life in confinement and then die in a hospital. This is unacceptable. And so I, uh, the next day when we went back and reported for treatment, I asked the social worker, you know, where can we take these kids? It's got to be someplace. Someone's got to have thought of this already. It's got to be something that's clean, like an operating room where these kids can actually be kids for a while. And the answer was, there is nothing. There's nothing that they knew of, at least. Um, we did find eventually find one um, on the other side of the country. But, uh, you know, so I thought, okay, well, this has got to change. And so I sat on it for a couple of days because I really wasn't really to take on the project in the middle of, of what we were going through. And so I mentioned yeah. to my parents and my parents said, you, we're going to make this happen. So you, you just keep doing what you're doing and then we'll, we're going to start making this happen. And so that was uh, 2019. And then, uh, so we uh, got our own, you know, 501c3 and started rolling and everything was moving up and looking good. And then the pandemic hit. 
but the good news is is that we are now we did we just took possession of our of our our facility it's a blank shell right now so we're still in current build out phase but last monday we received the keys uh, to our new space. It's about a 5,000 square foot space. Mm-hmm. It is included, you know, we're not just going to be handling the children. We're actually looking to help the caregivers and the parents. So we do have a very large caregivers lounge uh, that's going to be set up. And the goal is to be able to give the kids about 90 minutes to two hours of, of a play session where they're going to be actually interacting with uh, nursing students that are earning their uh, their degrees, their clinical hours towards their degrees. We've already partnered with the Arizona College of Nursing to do that. And then um, the parents are going to have access to other nonprofits that offer services that they don't even know are available to them because when do you have time? When do you have time when your children are constantly on top of you and they need your care uh, to actually take a look at some of the options? So the goal is to be able to create a a space for the parents to be able to have access to other, other opportunities for help and then let the kids be kids. Wow. Where is the location? It's in Tempe? It's right down the street from us. It's on Priest and Southern. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, it's right behind the, Schlotz, the Schlotsky's Deli. It's on the priest side. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you just got the keys last Monday. week, Monday, a yeah. week ago, a week ago today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. It's exciting. It's exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Yeah, I have to relive this a lot, and it's tough to relive it. But I know that we're doing good, and that that this is going to be, I hope, the way of the future for treatment. I really do. I think that that these there's there's too many kids. There's thousands of children that are neutropenic in the in the state right now that have nowhere to go and nothing to do. So we're just one small cog in the wheel to try to get this this movement kind of moving forward. It's a very underserved portion of the population. Yeah, uh, and it. Do I understand that some hospitals provide small spaces for play and everything, but I don't, I, I don't even know if that's... Yeah, no, that's true, actually. So inpatient treatment isn't the problem. Inpatient, there was lots to do. There, there were sure. people visiting us with, with dogs that we could pet. Now, granted, when she's neutropenic, you really can't do that. But there were little playrooms that we could go play by ourselves, and then they would clean them up and then leave. But the majority of my daughter's treatment was actually not inpatient. It was outpatient. Mm. And the reason that they do this is because the children in the previous, in the past, used to they would die from common diseases that they would contract while they were in the hospital because they have no immune system. So right. as, they are, as they are battling the cancer with chemotherapy, you know, chemotherapy is just, all it is is medicine that it, it kills fast-growing cells. It's non-selective. So it kills good cells along with the bad cells. And the, in the, some of the fastest-growing cells are your blood cells. And so these children were, were dying of pneumonia or other, like, staph infections that they were getting from being in the hospital while they were neutropenic. So they started as a, as a the, medica- the medical community started sending kids home. So they would do treatment inpatient for, well, outpatient technically, for a couple hours, and then they would send you home. And that's why when I, and I asked the, some of the caregivers, I said, I don't or, or some of the, the um, hospital staff, like, I don't understand why this isn't a thing already. I said, well, this right. is kind of new. The outpatient treatment has really only been around for about 10 to 15 years. So this need of, of you know, having something to do has already been done inside of the hospital. It's just not done in an outpatient way. And it's a trade-off, right? So they have an opportunity to be home right. and receive treatment there and hopefully have a longer opportunity, obviously, to recover and to live. Right. And yet they have to still be isolated and they don't have some of the benefits that an in-treatment plan would provide for them that they've been creating and curating and perfecting for years. That's correct. Yeah. And there's no sense yeah. of community either. You're you're separate. You're 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 constantly separated, and that was the, both you know, mom and dad, mm-hmm. mom and, <laughs> and dad, obviously in child as well. Yeah. Uh, tell me how old your daughter is right now. Eight. She's eight years old. She's eight. 
so gosh, I didn't, and maybe you mentioned that earlier, how young she was when she, she was, was going three through. years old. Wow. Wow. So from three to six, she went through. Which, three. which, uh, and I was a former assistant principal and third grade teacher, right? Those are those formative social yeah. years. Yes. And COVID has been rough for kids that age anyway, but on top of that, to have her experience the, the health things that she's been battling. Wow. How is she doing today? Talk a little bit about where Fantastic. she's at today. She's a, you'd have so no good. idea. You'd look at her and you'd have absolutely no idea. The only thing that really has changed is she did lose hearing in one ear uh, from the treatment. But other than, and other than that, that's really it. I mean, she's, she's the typical child that you'd see running down the, down the street, you know, long hair, hair grew back and, you know, she actually lost her hair twice. And it came back and it's it's beautiful and she's just a she loves to dance and sing and uh, you'd have no idea she went through half of what she went through until you so asked her. good. That it's says amazing. a lot about the way you guys handled it as well. Uh, what does she think of Lily's pad? Does she have an opinion? She's super excited about it. I, you know, it's and it's an interesting. It's to keep in mind, like a child's time frame of you know how fast something should be done is you know, three weeks. I don't think she really has the idea and scale of what we're actually doing. I don't think she has a clue about how complicated this is. So yes, she's super excited, but she's like, why aren't we done yet? You know what I mean? Like, why, why isn't this already, yeah. why isn't this already up and running? You guys have been working <laughs> on this for three years. Like, so as much as she's very excited, she, and, and I think what's really going to be interesting is to see her interact with other kids. Because yes. um, when you ask her about it, she says, you know, I really want to tell them like, look, you can beat this. You can beat this. I'm I'm standing here today. You can beat this. That's why we're here, right? That's why, That's we're, why here. we're doing this. Yeah. I, I pulled up the website I shared with you before we went online to to yeah. conduct the interview. It's a great great website. What I'm curious is, as a community member and a business owner, sure. a fellow Tempe Chamber member, uh, I'm an NAU grad, so I can't throw the ASU That's thing okay. in there. I love NAU. Too. What 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 can we what can we do to help you? What do you need from our community to sure. make Lily's Pad a success? So right now we're in a really interesting stage. So we're in a stage where we've raised a lot of money already and we still need to raise more to continue to build the facility. Um, but we're in this phase right now where we are attempting to connect with other people that want to help complete the project. So whether that's a financial gift or whether or not that's a, a business owner that owns a, a, a contractor, a tri- you know, a piece of the contracting and they want to get on it and maybe help us with that, um, we're open to just about anything right now. Uh, we're mm-hmm. still in the phase right now. We are looking for a contractor to take on this project. And we have not, we've got several bids, but we have not signed up with one particular contractor just yet. Um, so we are actively looking for vendors or staff member you know, that either wants to be the general contractor or maybe someone that owns a business that could could help us complete the project. Like I said, it's an empty shell. Architecton and Tempe has already done all of the plans. Now uh, they've been submitted to the city of Tempe and they have been approved. We're just actually working on our sign right now, uh, getting the final approval for our signage to go up. The facility itself is literally just concrete floors and open walls. So we're looking for electrical help. We're looking for plumbing help. I mean, we've got several uh, contractors on the way that have already agreed to, to help us. So I might be incorrect on some of those. But I know we know we need help. Let's just say that we need trades help. Yeah. And besides something like this, where you're um, sharing your story and putting it out there, what other ways in which are you are you getting connected? Again, 25 years in the chamber says sure. a lot for who you are and who your family is. But beyond that, what what else can we do to to help you? So we are, and, and where is sorry to interrupt, Brad. Yeah. Uh, so funding is right now. Funding is is you guys and whatever donations come your way and volunteers come your way. So we've been very blessed as far as the funding goes. Is we've received multiple grants. The Fiestable gave us a grant. Chase Bank has given us a grant. The Fiestable was our largest grant. That was a hundred thousand dollar grant. 
So we've won multiple grants, right? You know, and the Gannett Foundation did give us a grant. SRP Indian Gaming gave us a grant. So any anyone that knows of a grant or is maybe on a grant writing team, send us send send us the packet. We'd love that to, to be able to to apply for those grants. And then yes, all the other funding has been through fundraising. And my wife and I, of course, financially backed the project as well. And so some of the other family members do. But yes, all of it's been uh, fundraising, community based, and then of course grant based as well. And from a medical perspective, maybe that's not the right way to word it. Sure. What kind of feedback are you getting when you put it out there to the medical community? That's a great question. It's exciting yeah. to talk about that piece of it because yeah. you know when I when I was first when this when this concept was first given to me, I actually asked the staff like you know is this is this something that you guys would even need? Would this yeah. be would this be something that would even interest you? You know, is this is this or is this just my I'm just a parent in the thick of this, you know, yeah, and right. I got, you know, from the nursing community and the doctors and the medical community was absolutely yes. Yes, this is necessary. The psychological part of the, of the treatment is not there. There's no psychological treatment. And so this is just another way for us to help the psychology of the kids while we are helping, you know, they're being treated by the doctors as far as their physiological side. But the doctors don't have the training nor the means to check the psychological side. So that has to right? be done from another place. And that's what this whole place is designed for. Yeah. So I, I'm always one who thinks of an idea and having it start, perfect it, and then grow it, right? Sure. Yep. You have, I mentioned there's a similar play place or a play place that you are aware of uh -huh. somewhere else in the country. Yep. I'm curious if they, have you been able to learn or, or yes. connect with them to get any ideas? Yeah. What's really interesting about them is that, so I, I had started out with this, this, this concept and it's, you know, it's still up there that this would be something that could potentially be a part of the treatment. Like this could be funded by insurance companies. I'm not the one I work in because they don't offer health plans, but, you know, like as a part of a health plan, if we could prove that there was either fewer days in the hospital because these kids were going to this clean space rather than going to someplace that's not, because, you know, mm -hmm. let's be honest, I don't know that every parent was following the protocol as tightly as we were. And right. it would cause us anywhere between 24, 48 hours, or maybe even sometimes 72 hours, uh, where we would get a, a fever that we would have to go into the ER. If we could show that we were reducing the amount of days in the hospital that we were reducing cost for treatment, that maybe there was something there. And I know that the other facility was on the same page as us as well. And they've been trying to prove that also. So it's, it is, uh, it's exciting. The medical community is very excited. Banner Health is actually where we were. We were Banner Cardins right off of uh, Dobson in the yeah. 60. That's where we did the majority of our treatment. They have been walking side by side with us through this project. Their nurses teams all know Lily. Very excited about the project. Um, so we are we are thrilled. We are going to require that they be referred to us by a doctor in order to come and use the facility. That's smart, um, right? Yeah. So we will definitely have to be in touch direct with the medical staff over there to make sure that they're coming, that, that, yeah. the, right, that the right children are using the facility. How, how far of a distance do you expect that families and kids will travel? Like even put yourself in, in your own shoes. Sure several years ago sure. when, when Lily was in the thick of it and you, you wish there had been something like that. Absolutely. How far would you have answered that first? Tucson? How far would you have I'd have gone to Tucson. I'd have gone down to U of A. Yeah. Or, you know, I'd, have, I'd have driven an hour and a half, two hours. Because let's be real, I, there, what else was there to do? I mean, at the, at the point, there was a, there was a, there's a certain breaking point where you have done everything that you have access to that the kid's interested in. So yep. yeah, I would have driven a couple hours. Sure. Yeah. So, and I would imagine the same for other parents. And I think you shared a statistic or, or a thought around how many kids are in this kind of, in a treatment 
that would benefit just even in our local greater Phoenix area. Did you share that number? Yeah, the, you know, I don't know the exact number because when we call roughly the, uh, two, three, four thousand, you know, a, a year that are in that in that place, and it changes every yeah. year. I mean, obviously, you have to you have to consider how many kids are, are are newly diagnosed with pediatric cancer or other, you know, and then also the amount of time that they spend in those treatments is what keeps them in in the neutropenic state. So some children are diagnosed with autoimmune deficiencies that never come out of that state. So we have a little boy named Colton. Um, Mm -hmm. He's been a huge fan of ours. He's all over our website. He's all over our our, our Facebook pages. And his parents, he will never not be immune compromised. At every stage of his life, he will be immune compromised. So he's going through immunotherapy, but it's worse than sometimes it is in others. Um, So he'll be a perfect candidate to come. Children that receive uh, organ transplants, they are immune compromised for over a year. And then oddly enough, my neighbor's child, my daughter's best friend, is uh, undergoing treatment for the third time. She's going to be receiving a stem cell treatment hopefully in January, and she will be immune compromised for about six to eight months, if not a year. That's going to be interesting to see if, if she'd be able to use the facility at the time. Yes. We're hoping to have it open. Wow. And and how do po- folks get a hold of you? I know that the uh, the website is liliespadaz.org, liliespadaz.org. Yep. And uh, is there a contact form that I see a contact us or is you have an yep. opportunity to donate? Absolutely. You guys are on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Is that right? Yes, we have uh, all, all Instagram as well. And Instagram as well. Very good. So yes, for our listeners, I hope that, of course, you reach out to Brad and the team at Lily's Pad and find a way to get connected. If you know a contractor and you know electricians and whatever, anything else in that building space that would benefit materials, you name it, that would be of great benefit. We'll have to get you connected with Treasures for Teachers, too, for art supplies and those oh, sorts wonderful. of things. If there's going to be a section for that or whatever that be. needs, maybe even good. Yeah, we'll get you connected with Barbara Blalick. You might even know Barbara from the Tempe Chamber. They're a, a local... Sure. Nonprofit will get you guys connected. Great. Uh, let's let's go back to the insurance sure, business. Sure, absolutely. Your day My job. day job, what I do every day. Yeah. Yep. And I know Daryl, our producer, is now a client of yours he and is. has his health insurance with you. Uh, talk a little bit more about the products that you guys offer sure. and the and the particular type of families and or uh, business owners that you enjoy working most with. Absolutely. I'm going to correct you there. We, he actually has his auto and his uh, renters insurance. Oh, sorry. Yes. Auto. Yes. Yeah, his auto. Yeah. Auto, so not health insurance. Not health insurance. Why was insurance. I, no. Yeah. Hello. That's okay. That's because we were talking about medical <laughs> earlier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. That's what happened, right? Yeah. We were yes. talking about so medical So tell us earlier. about the products that you offer. Absolutely. So we are, we are owned and operated by Liberty Mutual. So we have, I mean, a huge board of, of products from jewelry insurance to uh, pet insurance to auto home, life life insurance, um, a full gamut of anything personal lines. So I write a ton of insurance for boats, for RVs, for quads, motorcycles, you name the type of vehicle and I can insure it. Um, and we have 25 different carriers so we can always find a solution for somebody. We've I've dealt with a lot of recently, obviously, the, the, the mortgage rates were so far down. People were buying a lot of properties, a lot of rental properties. So doing a ton of landlord landlord owned uh, properties with the tenant tenants inside of them. Um, a lot of VRBO properties, you know, vacation rental by owner. Um, mm. What's really, what really is unique about our insurance as a whole is that we do have Liberty Mutual access products, which are amazing. I and mean, th- that company has been around for over a hundred years for a reason. But in addition to that too, we can, we can go out outside of that one particular company into a bunch of different carriers. So it's similar to like an independent agency. However, we have access to Liberty Mutual products, which they do not. So you might have a a customer that has four or five different carriers, but they all have one contact, which is me. Um, So it's, uh, 
it's it's peace of mind to be able to deal with the same person, even though you might be dealing with, you know, two or three different carriers at the same time. So that's what excites me the most about it. What excites me about it is, is okay, maybe you're not a fit for Liberty Mutual, which is fine, but let's just do business together. I'm not loyal to just one particular carrier, but I will tell you, I have been a customer of Liberty and when it comes time to pay claims, they pay. So, and that's really what all of us want with insurance, right? You buy insurance oh, yes. so that when you need it, you absolutely need it and it pays. And that's right. exactly what the, the experience that I had with, I, I was very blessed, you know, with having some great advice from my father as a young man. He said, Brad, there are a couple things that you never want to go cheap on. One of those is your insurance, because when you absolutely need it, you're going to need it. And you'll be very sorry that you had been investing in something that's not going to pay. So we had been very fortunate right before my daughter was diagnosed. My wife works for the city of Phoenix. So that's where we get our health insurance from. They had changed carriers and they changed plans, you know, to try to save the employees, you know, $25, $30 a month. And when my wife and I had, had gotten this, uh, this notification, we're like, oh, I just can't do it. I think it's just not worth it, you know bumping our deductibles up, you know, even higher than they already are. Well, fast forward into my daughter's situation. I am the reason insurance exists. My daughter's uh, claim was $1.3 million to treat. (laughs) Yeah, I'm staring at Daryl's face over here. (laughs) Eyes are lit up. Yes, $1.3 million is how much it costs to treat her so far. And we're not done. So we're very blessed that we had very good insurance. Yes, it costs a lot of money out of pocket still. We had four years of deductibles that we had to pay uh, out of pocket, but yeah. it's nothing compared to what we actually had to pay. And oh, I can tell yeah. you story after story after story of really simple tweaks that we can do for you. And let me give you an example of that. So on your auto insurance, if you were to call 1-800 number and just ask, okay, I want state minimums, they're going to give you liability of twenty five fifty here in Arizona. And the property minimums are $15,000. That's the minimum. Now, if you think and look at all the cars on the road, you guys have heard about inflation and how used vehicles are getting more expensive. How many vehicles do you really think are on the road that are only worth $15,000? Not that many, right? No. So you can tweak that coverage from $15,000 up to $50,000 or $100,000 for about $0.80 a month. So you're getting three to four times the coverage for less than a dollar a month. So that doesn't seem like that big a deal to spend 80 cents a month, but it's a really big deal when you hit a Cadillac and those things are worth, you know, $50,000 and you Mm -hmm. now have the coverage. Whereas before, if you only had $15,000, they would have put a lien against your house for the extra $25,000. So there's very small, basic, simple tweaks that when you're dealing with somebody who's actually been trained and and cares and and, and has, has, has their name signed on your policy, that's, that's important. And I, and I believe that that's kind of what's missing in the 1-800 world. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times does somebody have to call in and have to retell their story, you, you know, over and over and over again to right. try to find it and get it. And, and by the time they're on their sixth or seventh call, no more than the agent or the on rep the on the other phone. side. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Same exact thing I went through. Yeah. Wow. Grateful that you're doing what you're doing. Grateful that you've got Lily's <laughs> pad. works. Yeah, we're super excited that uh, you're just a couple of doors do- down in the Max 6 uh, community with us. Uh, how do folks get a hold of you and stay a hold of you uh, when they're interested in making a switch with their insurance? Absolutely. So email is the easiest way to reach out. So mm-hmm. brad.taylor at libertymutual.com or brad.taylor at comparinginsurance.com. Those are the two easiest way. I mean, they can obviously, you know, they can grab me through LinkedIn or any of the other uh, social media platforms as well. Uh, But email usually is how people like to start that conversation. 
Very good. Again, it's brad.taylor at libertymutual.com. And to connect with Brad with regards to Lily's Pad, it's lilyspadaz.org. Brad, is there anything I didn't think of to ask that you thought this morning? I want to make sure we cover XYZ while we're on Business Radio X today. No, really. No, you've done a great job. I appreciate you. Uh, I, I think the only thing that really was, you know, maybe still hanging out in my mind a little bit is that I don't really talk about this that much, but I have been so blessed to work for a company like Liberty Mutual. My wife and I do financially support Lily's Pad and, and Liberty Mutual matches every cent that what? we donate. Absolutely. Penny for penny. Really? So I wanted to just give them a quick shout out that I, I know that insurance companies get a pretty bad name and that they're not always respected in their community, but they do a lot of good. And Liberty Mutual especially does a ton of good. So every policy that I sell, I do give a portion of those proceeds that go to Liberty's Mutual. I'm sorry, that go to Lily's Pad and Liberty Mutual matches that dollar for dollar. So what a cool program. So incredible. And again, the longevity that that can create, that relationship. And then when when you get your, your legs underneath you with this first facility and you're ready to take it to, again, the medical community, and I keep seeing it, you know, nationwide, what a fantastic opportunity for Liberty Mutual to be along for the ride and, and no. the pride that's involved in that. I have no idea where this is all taking me. I'm just along <laughs> I, for I the see, ride. <laughs> I, see it, yeah, I see it. I know how that goes. I see it happening for you and, and have no doubt that it'll be great success. I appreciate and, that. And I hope you'll come back on with us again and, and talk about what this next phase is. Once it's open, I'd love to come back there. on. That'd be amazing. We'd, we'd love that. We'll can Daryl and I will come out and, and check out the facility with you. And yeah. yeah, it'd be great. Well, thank you again for spending time with us today Absolutely. on Business Radio X. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio X broadcasting today from my home office. But Brad is with Daryl in our studio at the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. 